Hello, it's Henry, and welcome to another episode of Inspiring You. The topic is, you're not alone, how to deal when life gets difficult. So, my friends, have you ever felt the blahs or that blues kind of feeling? Maybe feeling, ugh, not really wanting to do anything? Not feeling that kind of heaviness, like, ugh, yucky? Have you ever felt like this? Has it ever happened to you that maybe it's Monday morning, you wake up, you're lying in bed, and you're in the same cozy pants that you've worn all weekend, and there's just a pit in your stomach with just this feeling of maybe really dreading the day ahead? Maybe you feel really burned out, anxious, maybe even a little bit depressed. And while you wait for that feeling of motivation to lift you out of bed or maybe magically a latte to appear, you get your phone and you start to scroll through one of your social media feeds and there smiling back at you are all these people, shiny, happy all your friends, maybe family members, seeming just really happy and just full of energy, enthusiasm, and positively like sparkling about their life. And maybe as you're laying in bed wondering, how are they always so happy and seemingly positive and look at everything that they're doing they seem so productive and then you maybe you feel a little bit more yucky and you sink back even more into your bed under your covers and you wonder have all these people who seem so shiny glowy and out there living life, have they, have they somehow cracked some secret code to how to live life in the most abundant, beneficial way and be in total bliss, abundance, and effortless flow of just joy, happiness, and peace and getting out there and living life? And you wish that you could be living shiny, like that all the time and spreading the bliss, spreading the joy of what you love to do all the time, yet you feel really stuck. And today, you don't even feel like crawling out from under your covers. So, my friends, can anybody relate to this? Anyone? Because I know I can. I definitely can relate. I have been there many times. And so if you can relate, and to anyone who is relating to this, you are not alone. This struggle is so common. Especially with everything going on right now, which is why I chose this question to answer in today's show. 
And I do want to just say, I know that I can seem super optimistic and a rah-rah cheerleader type. Yet, my friends, I'm not always happy and super productive all the time. Yet, I do have a secret that's to showing up and giving my most authentic best even when I may not be feeling 100%. And I will say, though, I have also learned to not push myself. If I am in a really just dark place and I need time to support my self-care and cultivating myself wherever I am, I have also now given myself permission not to force myself to show up. Because in the past, when I have said yes to whatever I'm going to go do, I sometimes have felt so obligated that I've pushed myself, which then has increased my feeling of being burnt out. So this is where discernment comes in and starting to really go within and check in to see where you are in terms of how you're really feeling. And this is why I always talk about tools. Before we get to this, though, I just want to talk about today's Today is a question and answer day. So today's a question and answer day, Q&A day. And I received a question while I was teaching a mindfulness meditation um, class to a corporation last week and thought it might be beneficial to others. And I did ask permission for this person for me to share it. And this person did say yes. So let me read you what Rob asked. How do you go about your daily life when you feel really heavy, depressed, or unmotivated? Do you just push yourself and smile through the pain? And then he goes on to say, please share any tips, tools, secrets to being able to function through difficult times. I see my friends or other people on social media and everything seems really great and happy. And when I'm feeling low, I can I can't even put a smile on my face. Not for my family or for or in business for clients. And sometimes I'm stuck in bed for days because something happened. It could be something where there was a fight with a loved one that has just put me in a bad state. Please share your wisdom. Is there any secret to functioning through difficult times? Unless I'm missing something. I consider myself I consider myself an educated person, yet I'm really struggling here. So first of all, Rob I just want to say thank you for asking this question, not only in last week's class, yet also letting me share it here. Thank you for your bravery to ask something that most of us all want the answer to. 
Thank you for your willingness to be vulnerable, heart-centered, and so honest. You know, when one person stands in their light to ask this profound question, it really supports others being able to shift as well. So letting, so thank you for letting me share your question on this podcast episode. And I know that it can be really frustrating when you have taken a lot of classes or worked with a lot of different practitioners and maybe been in therapy for a long time or have read a lot of books and really educated yourself. And, and then when you feel like you have this setback, it can be really frustrating because maybe you've been really trying and when you have a setback, it may feel like, what is the point? I will say though, this, that there are some things that you can have in your back pocket to really support you. And now I can't really speak for anyone else besides myself. So everything I want to share in today's episode really is going to be about my own experience and what I particularly what I particularly do may or may not work for you. And the other thing I want to say about depression and anxiety is first step is recognizing. And I want to give you some acknowledgement that Rob, you are in the realization step. When you are when you are become when you become really aware of what's happening and you then see this you're in the realization step and then this allows you to start to shift from unconsciousness to consciousness and when you become conscious that's when the spaciousness come come in and that's the beginning of a change that can start to support you as many of you understand I utilize a lot of different tools and I do this because at different times I may need different things. And in terms of your overall whole health, so it is your, you are, you're workshopping in your human experience with your mental body, your emotional body, your physical body. And there's also your energetic body and each of your mental, emotional, physical, there's an energy component. Also, there's your spiritual body. So, so with this, there can be a lot of different things going on. And that's not even saying that you have your individual energy field. And then within your individual, you're also part of the collective energy field. So, that's why a lot of different tools can support you because it just depends on what's really happening in your experience. That's why I always encourage everyone, you know, what tool works for you. Mainly for me, it is energy healing, that energy healing work through Reiki and dousing energy healing that really has supported me in my own personal transformation of clearing dense energies like anxiety and depression and also um, having a practice of daily meditation has really supported me. Um, I do want to encourage though all of you to find what works for you. With depression and anxiety or any difficult times for anyone out there, you have to do what works for you. Whether that includes therapy, medication, meditation, exercise, any combination of modalities that helps you heal 
and be the best person that you can be. My friends, there is no shame in any of that game. So find what works for you and also be open that in terms of modalities, something may work for a while and then you might need something else. But that doesn't mean that something that worked before isn't going to work again later. Just be open to the possibility. So I have had those really difficult times as well when it comes to depression and anxiety, especially when I was career transitioning some years back. I experienced those really dark times to the depths that I had never experienced before. And those times where you feel like you just can't either get out of bed or things get so dark, murky, and quite honestly, a bit scary. So I want to encourage everyone, if you've experienced that, please don't think there's anything wrong with you. And always find a method of support and help that you feel is appropriate. So let me tell you a story about something that happened to me. I found myself in a really challenging place and it was particularly around whether or not I could, I would be able to show up and do what I need to do while in the throes of a lot of depression, anxiety, work PTSD. And it was actually towards the end of my, my working in reality TV as an executive producer, as a showrunner. So that last year of work for me had been challenging for a lot of different reasons. I started the year out working on a show that was really understaffed and I was taxed with the job to get a show done with little resources. And I was doing probably the job of about like 15 people. And and because of my high capability of like, I can do this, I can do this, I kept pushing myself and pushing myself and pushing myself and pushing myself. I was on the road for almost three months straight Every three to four days, I was in a new city, and my 12-pound dog, Boo, was actually traveling with me. So that year, I, was, I had been moving around so much on the road, and when, you're, when you are in a new city every three to four days, when you're on and off planes like that, it can become... You can wake up in a hotel room... And there are moments where you don't even know what city you're in because at some point, every hotel room looks the same. You wake up and you're like, wait, where am I? What city am I in? What state am I in? And it can become so just ungrounding and so dizzying. And and so I just kept pushing myself though because I really did I liked the network I was working with I I liked overall the show content and I really liked the team that I was working with 
I loved the team that I was on the road with. I just had such a great time with the team on I was in the road with. But see, I was in charge because I was the showrunner. I was in charge of the pre-production, the production, and the post-production. I was overseeing three things at once while I was on the road in production. And it was a lot. And I, I was using a lot of my energy healing abilities in terms of clearing energy, being able to bring in more energy, which really sustained me for a while. That being said, there's only a certain amount of time that you can really push the human and, you know, working 80 hour weeks, seven days a week. And so at a certain point, I started feeling sick. And it was when I got home and it was the last shoot day and I was driving to work. And as I was driving to work, I didn't feel quite right. And I called up the production executive that I was working with and we had a really, we had a really good relationship. And I said, you know, I'm not quite feeling well. Um, I'm going to just stop in and just, you know, go to a clinic and just get checked out. And, you know, he said, no worries. Don't worry. He's like, I'll show up to set and I'll manage it until you're there. You know, it was the last interview. So it wasn't because we had already gotten all the content. It was much more laid back. That being said, I had never missed a shoot day in my 20 plus year career. And so I had no intention of missing a shoot day. I went to the doctor and the doctor did some tests. I was running a very high fever and the doctor said, you have pneumonia. You need to go home. And I was like, I, I can't, I, um, I have to go do the shoot. And once I do the shoot, then I can go and rest. He's like, no, you're really sick. He's like, you need to actually go home. He goes, you're, he's like, you're sick. You're really sick. And then he had to spell it out, like how sick I was. And I was so numb to the fact that I could even be that sick. And in TV and me, and I know in a lot of other industries, you just, there's just this, this, um, thinking that you're just gonna, you're just going to tough it out and, and just, and just get through it. You're going to get through it. You're going to get through the shoot. You don't know how you're going to get the shoot through the shoot, but you're going to get through the shoot. And so you don't really working in television and production. You don't call in sick. Like there's not, you, there's not like people don't call in sick when you're in, when you're really in production. It's very, it's a rarity that you do. There have been shows that I did show run where when people were sick, with the flu, I would make them go to the doctor and, you know, and, and, and tell, send them home. But that's because as a showrunner and somebody who's a caretaker of the set, I just understood that, um, people need to take care of themselves, but that doesn't mean that I was actually doing that for myself. I wanted other people to, to know that, you know, we're taking care of you. You're going to be taken care of. But I wasn't doing that for myself. And so when the doctor said, you need to go home, and it was really um, perplexing, and I was really flummoxed because my, I just wanted to go push through it and just, and just go and do one, my one, this one last interview, and then I could go rest. I was putting my health on the back burner. 
Um, but I really wasn't feeling good. And when the doctor really told me the severity, severity of it and just the, the details, I then was like, okay, I need to go home. And I called the production exec and I said, you know, I'm running, I'm running a 103 fever. I, I have pneumonia and I'm really sick, I guess. And I need to go home. And he was fine with it. And yeah, it was really though, it was, it was a moment. It was really a moment for me because I had never called in sick during production. I always showed up. If I got hired on a job to do the job, I showed up. And so that was the beginning of that year. And then the next show I worked on after I got pneumonia, which by the way, I was so sick for weeks. And then it took me a couple months to really recover. Pneumonia is no joke. Um, And then um, after that, I got onto a show and I was show running another show and I decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to call in a show that's going to be in Los Angeles and, um, you know, I'm going to be able to balance my life more. It's, I'm, I'm going to really just put my health as a priority because that experience of pneumonia really showed me. Well, the next show I get on, I then found myself in a situation where I was working with a network exec who, so when I first got on the show, I had a couple network execs that I really enjoyed working with. And then a quarter way through, a new network exec joined. And this person had just gotten fired from another network. And unbeknownst to me, I didn't really know the details at the time. And this person got on the network really wanting to prove themselves, prove their worth. And so in doing so, this person started really employing techniques of gaslighting, bullying, and I understood in terms of where it was coming from, the insecurity, yet it was really difficult to, to be in a situation where you're, you're trying to collaborate with a network exec who is essentially bullying and and they're trying to prove themselves and which means then in television with network execs they're trying to tell you what the vision of the show is and this person's vision of the show was not what the other network execs were saying or what the production company was saying it was completely off the mark and so but yet you have to be really delicate because I'm in a political situation. And as the showrunner, you're the one who's really in the collaboration of, you know, of, you know, being the person who is bringing the show forth. And you're also the one representing the production company and working with the network execs to get a show done. So that way it can eventually the program can be on television. So 
I'm being bullied, though, by the network exec to do it their way, yet their notes were completely opposite than the other network exec. And so this person would just be calling me and would just leave these screaming messages on my voicemail. And they'd also, when I answered the phone, they would be screaming at me in a very dismissive, terse tone. And it was really difficult to um, maintain at some times, like, how do you maintain your groundedness and alignment? Don't react stay calm. And I really had to use my mindfulness tools, my energy healing tools. I, I mean, I look back at it now and I'm like, it, it is really, the tools really do work when you use them because I used it in that difficult situation. And so that was happening with the network exec. And then also simultaneously, the, one of the main production executives was also bullying and gaslighting me. And so it was an awful situation. I I mean, it's incredible how you can be on a show and creating this really inspiring content that is so heartwarming, that is just like groundbreaking and innovative and amazing and and maybe transformative maybe you know helping people and at the same time you're in a situation where it is so incredibly toxic and so i was being bullied by a, the production company exec and it was awful um when i got on the show he had taken me out to um, he had taken me out to celebrate starting with me and the co-executive producer. The co-executive producer um, was a male and he said in front of me to the co-executive producer, you know, so-and-so, you were actually my number one choice. I wanted you as the showrunner executive producer, but the network chose Henry over you. But I just want to let you know buddy, you were my choice. And he actually did do like a fist bump with him in front of me. I can't even tell you how horrendous that was. Yet, I just smiled through it. I smiled, I maintained my composure, and I used my tools. I remember just being there, Henry, and I, kept, I was like, Henry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. Henry, Follow your breath in, follow your breath out. Follow your breath in, follow your breath out. Turn on Reiki. Release the sting. Release it. You're okay. You're okay. So I had all this inner talk cheerleading me on to be in groundedness. I called on my spirit guides for highest good to support me immediately in the moment. And I, I used all these different tools it was difficult. It was really difficult. And then, and yet I did it though. I did it. I maintained groundedness and alignment. 
I did not go into reactivity and I, and I, I had an ease of calm, like it was an ease of calm that came through me. And then as I, as when, when we left and when the production exec left and I was um, walking out with the co-executive producer, I asked for the words to be downloaded to me, the wisdom. And I just, I just said to this person, you know, um, I just want to talk about what was said and I'm just going to acknowledge like, I'm really sorry that, you know, if you had thought maybe this was going to be your position and, and I'm really, you know, I'm really sorry about that. I said, you know, that was just a really difficult situation for me. I said, you know, I'm looking to create a team and I want us to be a team and I want us to be about the show and making an amazing show and having an incredible time doing it. And the, the co-executive producer, lovely, really on the same page with me. And we did have an incredible time making the show. And we really were a team. Um, in terms of the production executive, though, you know, what I later understood was that in terms of because in terms of creativity and my ability for story and working in television... I don't, I don't doubt my instincts when it comes to story. Like I, I have assuredness when I'm working in television that is just like, I am so in flow. And so, whereas the co-executive producer, really incredible and just, you know, skillful, lovely, yet he was a bit green. And so because he was a bit green he would have been easier for the production executive to really manipulate. And I realized later, once I got into the show, I realized why that production company exec said that to me. Because he was setting up that he was trying to have a power play over me. And and so... I didn't know in the beginning when I got onto the show that the production company was having financial difficulties and the budget of our show was ultimately keeping the production company afloat in terms of the doors open. And so the the exec, the production company exec, he was hiding a lot of things. And, you know, someone who was more green, someone who, um, who may not have the experience in terms of budgets and shows, wouldn't necessarily know to ask certain questions. And because of my experience, I knew, I knew something was going on. And um, so... So with this, though, my main, throughout the experience, one of my main jobs was really also to protect the staff from the bullying of the production company exec while getting out the TV show, while delivering the TV show to the network. I did take a lot on, and mind you, this was just after having pneumonia. I mean, it's like you're in your own survivor 
while you're trying to make a TV, while you're making a reality TV show. Um, and, you know, in TV, and like many other industries probably, there's nowhere to really go to help. We don't, there's no like human resources and there's no union for producers. I did talk to a labor attorney, yet at the time there was nothing really um, in terms of, you know, laws to protect workers from being gaslit, bullied. Um, There could have been in terms of the hostile work environment maybe, um, you know, and also because of what um, the production company exec had said in front of the co-executive producer, but there was just a question of, you know, in terms of your career, uh, where do you want to go? And is that really beneficial? And at the time, um, after I had discussed it with my agent, you know, it's like, it all comes back to fear. Like, if you speak out, you know, um, are you ever going to work in the industry again? And so I did not speak out. And um, part of also... I really liked the show I was working on. I really liked the content and I liked the cast. I was proud of it. And I just felt it was a good show with good content. It was a family show. And so the creative person in me felt really happy to be doing the show, yet I was being bullied from the network and from the production company exec. And then in terms of the budget that I had to work with, it didn't seem to fit the high caliber talent that was on the show. I didn't have enough staff. And every time I asked the production exec about where the money was, he would become completely irate. He would start yelling at me and it was so incredibly uncomfortable. Um, I just, as soon as it happened, as soon as we start yelling, I would just focus on my breath, breathing in, breathing out, or... Um, I wear Reiki charge crystal bracelets. I would put my hand on one of the crystal bracelets and I would ask like Reiki on and also do touch, like connect to the touch of the crystal bracelets for groundedness and alignment. I did find out, you know, in terms of later on that, as I mentioned, part of the money that the network had sent over to the production company to use for the show that I was working on was actually also being used to pay the salaries of other executives who were not working on the TV show that I was on. And it was also literally keeping the office doors open. So the show I worked on was paying rent to this enormous building. And then this left the TV show that I was on with a really small budget and an inability to hire enough people, which then again put me in a position that I was doing about 15 jobs. And because I have a strong willpower, creativity, and the ability to do a lot, I figured out how to get the show done, yet I really stressed myself out. And by the end of the show, I just was at my end of my energetic rope. And so it was towards the end of the show, I just started feeling so tired and I I was so tired and I didn't want to go into work. Yet I had given my word and when it comes to creativity and projects like this, you know, I really like, I know that once I'm, I'm in, I'm in the looking at the footage and the edit bay and, and making notes, like it brings me joy. 
and I had given my word, yet I was so filled with this anxiety of, in this dark depression and, you know, and the anxiety of like, am I going to get yelled at today? And, um, and just what kind of hostile environment is it going to be? Uh, and quite honestly, it just, there were moments where, um, I felt like I had a, like, I was almost like in panic attack mode. Um, I didn't want to get out of bed and I was, I was honestly considering whether or not I needed to just quit, especially because I had just gone through pneumonia. Um, so I remember going and looking at myself in the bathroom mirror and I remember the thoughts of, I don't want to quit this show. I really like the content. Like I'm proud of it. And I gave my word and there are people counting on me to show up. The honest truth was mentally and emotionally, I wasn't in a really good place. I was burnt out. And I was so tired of being a punching bag for the network exec and the production company exec. And even when I tried to tell one of the network execs what was happening, she didn't want to hear it. And so I just had no help from anybody who could possibly help me. So, and then I had people, what was going to happen to, you know, all the staff that was on the show? And I was concerned that, you know, if I didn't stay, they were going to be put in a situation where they probably were going to be bullied and it was going to get, it was going to get really ugly fast. So here's what I did in the moment. And here's what I continue to do when I have those moments, because sometimes they do happen. So the first thing I do is turn on Reiki. I turn on Reiki to ask to clear the negative energies, the non-beneficial energies, to ask to be regrounded, realigned, reconnected. And then I surrender. I surrender. I use my faith and I reach out for a higher power. I ask to connect to my higher self, my soul for highest good. I call in my spirit guide team for highest good, my team of light to support me. And I acknowledge I can't do this on my own. I need support and help. And then what I did in that moment, once I asked for help, I went into my heart and I asked, is it beneficial for me to show up at work? Even though I want to show up, I want to keep my word. I needed to know though, was it beneficial for me to show up? Was this really beneficial? And once I got into my heart and I felt, okay, it's beneficial. You can use the tools to support you. And I really recognized I can't do it by myself. I need help. So in that moment of surrender, in that moment of asking for guidance and for clarity and how to keep going, I will tell you, 
it wasn't like instant relief where, whoo, I felt better and wanted to do flips. Yet I did feel a weight lift off my shoulders. I did feel a support. I did feel a sense of clarity that not only am I being guided and supported and helped, that I would be okay. And then I had to breathe and be gentle with myself and simply show up, just be me, to be in the light presence and to offer what was true and what was real for me in that moment for highest good. It wasn't always pretty though. I had some really difficult moments at work on that show. And when I was barely holding on, someone that I mentored, hired, and promoted on past shows who was going through an extremely challenging time as well, I had given her time off the week prior to take care of herself, and she had returned to the office in not a great um, mental and emotional state, and she had a complete angry attack at work that led her to screaming. And as I went to go speak to her, I went to go step into the edit bay because I was in, I was in another room when I heard her start screaming at the top of her lungs. And so when I walked from my office to go towards her office where she was in the her in her edit bay to check in to go speak with her she slammed the door in my face as i was about to walk into her edit bay i mean i i mean i face planted into the door it was so jarring and it left me so unhinged that i actually i broke that day I went into another room and I cried at work. When I mean I cried, I did that hard crying. Like I couldn't contain the pain any longer. I went into another edit bay and a colleague who is a dear friend of mine sat with me and I cried. And then once I cried, I then turned on Reiki, I I did the affirmations and I called in I called in for help for my spirit guides for highest good. I did a whole regrounding, realignment, reconnection for the highest good. And once I was in that state of groundedness, then I left the room. And I, because I wanted to make sure that in terms of my mental and emotional, my physical harmony, that I was able to be in a space of, you know, peaceful connection with everyone that I was working with. It's challenging though when, when people are like in TV, people go from show to show to show, production company to production company, network to network. So you can work for like five different production companies, five different networks, and along the way, you just see like this 
this kid who had that anger attack, I had known her for years. It was like, it was like a little sister. She was like a little sister to me. And I saw in that moment how all the shows that we didn't work together, all the shows where some, some, some kind of abuse happened to her, some kind of work PTSD is happening to her, and she was having a work PTSD moment. And I didn't take it personal because I understood what was happening in terms of, you know, there's so much gaslighting in, in television that can be happening. And so people can have work PTSD and it's, and so you'd like to think that you come into the workplace and things can just be, you know, kept at the door, but it's, it's just, it's not always possible. And when you're working on shows, you know, on TV shows, that sometimes the content is emotional. Where someone, um, you know, someone has lost a loved one and they're crying. And you're editing, that person's editing that footage all day. And meanwhile, they just lost a loved one. So, so then their grief is, all com- is coming up as they're editing this person who's talking about how they lost a loved one. So it can be, there can be triggers in different ways that people are completely unaware of until those moments are happening. And so for me as a manager, it was, it's really, it was really important for me as somebody who was show running and, and to become grounded. And once I was grounded, I was able to then um, be in a space of um, calm and peace I wouldn't let myself out of the room until I had regained my composure. That would then support me and the other people on my team. So I want to offer you a little phrase that, that I say that helps me when I'm in this kind of state. It's like a mantra. It's like an affirmation that the guides gave to me when I was a child. So I had a moment when I was a kid that I was really upset and I felt really unsure of like the reality around me and, and my spirit guide team for highest good said, okay, we want you to say I'm okay. And I am is in terms of the I am word. So that I am okay. I am okay. I am okay. I am okay. And so as a kid, I just started, if I, if I felt nervous or had some sort of just, jolt or or some kind of fear I would just start saying I'm okay I'm okay I'm okay I'm okay I'm okay I'm okay and I found that I started feeling better so the next thing that they gave me with that was we want you to say I'm okay I'm okay and then we want you to follow your breath in follow your breath out as you're saying you're okay you're okay And so then I started doing that. I'm okay. I'm okay. And as I was saying it, I was like following the breath in, following the breath out, following the breath in, following the breath out. Years later, I learned, oh, that's a mindfulness strategy. (laughs) That's mindfulness meditation. I had no idea that, um, you know, they they were teaching this to me when I was a child. 
And so for most of, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've used the I'm okay. Anytime I have felt nervousness, any kind of fight, flight, freeze, any, any kind of anxiety, depression, the I'm okay comes out. I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. Follow the breath in, follow the breath out. I'm okay, I'm okay. Follow the breath in, follow the breath out. And because it's like three words, um, it's so, because sometimes when you're in that kind of panic state, um, it's sometimes difficult to get to long sentences. But the I'm okay is such three short words. Um, so it's, it's easy. It's easy to remember and it's easy to um, find when you're in that kind of state. Another, um, another affirmation or mantra um, is from the book of the Game, Game of Life by Florence Gulvashin. This is an affirmation of surrender that I have tweaked. Okay, so it is, I cast the burden to divine and I go free. I actually fill in the blank. So I cast the burden of fill in the blank to divine and I go free to be fill in the blank. So it's I cast the burden. So it would be I cast the burden of feeling burnt out, overworked to divine and I go free to be rejuvenated, to be in harmony, to feel peace. And I probably would add for highest good. So I cast the burden of fill in the blank to divine, and I go free to fill in the blank. So basically, you're handing the burden to divine. You can also tweak this to whatever calls for you. You can say universe. You could say spirit guides for highest good. You could also even say like I cast the burden on Christ within, and I go free. Whatever language resonates for you, you feel free to adjust it and change it. Now, that may or may not work for you. And, but I will tell you, there have been many, many, many dark nights for me in terms of my life throughout many stages, different stages of life, through many life, different life stages, where when I've reached out and I have surrendered that which no, I can no longer carry, I've always felt guided to the next step. Because once you surrender, you're allowing then the information drop to you for your highest good. You're allowing whatever was blocking you to be cleared to allow what needs to come in next happen. I will say upon reflection and after all the healing that I've done, I now understand that I had limited beliefs that were operating in my psyche that really propelled me to not quit that show I was talking about, that second one. I had one limited belief, it's better to give than receive. This meant even giving of my time at work. Another limited belief, you can't quit when you're the boss because people are relying on you. I didn't want to disappoint the people that I, that I was working with. I really liked the cast, the crew, the team that I was working with. The people that I hired on to the show, I liked working with them. The people that came to the show to the work with me. It was only two people out of 25 or so people that were making it difficult. The majority of the people were so fantastic to work with. And I really liked being there. I liked showing up to be there in that creative process with them. 
I don't regret the experience, yet I now have wisdom to understand it wasn't the most beneficial situation for my human. I held myself hostage in a place of business where there was so much trauma, stress, and toxicity in the environment that then my human suffered some major trauma during and after the show. I mean, talk about work PTSD coming through that show. Whew. Because I have free will, my guides respect this and do the best in with what is being presented to support me in the present moment no matter what I decide. There is no judgment. Because in the end, it will always be for the highest good, even when it feels difficult. And I will say what I learned about emotional, mental health, and physical health in the workplace has been so incredibly insightful and helpful in the work that I do now. And now I can just see how it was really for the highest good for my human. After that show, it became crystal clear that I had non-beneficial codependency patterns and programs to release. Some of it was from childhood. And I also saw how gaslighting works. I saw it to an extent that I had never seen before. And I also saw for the first time in my life how, as a woman, I wasn't always being treated fairly. It was shocking revelation to me. I mean, I had some serious blinders on to that point. I had never... I, I mean, I was walking around with some serious naiveness that I, I was truly equal and being treated equal. And then once the blinders came off, I was in awe and looking back at my history going, wow, that naiveness in some ways really protected me. But that being said, it also was distorting the experience of what was really happening and some of the challenges I was experiencing was because of just, um, of just, I mean, it was, it was, there's a lot going on, (laughs) a lot going on. Anyway. Um, so I saw how gaslighting works and I woke up to really being able to have a clear view of what can happen in a workplace So even though it was difficult and I had some healing after, it led to such realizations about life work and also it really motivated me in ways that I had not been motivated before to wanting to change my life. It made me look at how I wanted to live my life. It gave me, it gave me such an empowerment to not want to be treated that way, to not want to be mistreated, even under the guise that the creative process is so amazing and fun and the content is so great. I, I, don't, I don't deserve to be mistreated. I don't deserve to be spoken to in, in that certain tone or yelled at. My parents never even yelled at me. How is it? It was so it was so shocking when I got into the workplace that you could actually get yelled at. Um, it was so that was probably my number one surprise. Like people like yell at you, huh? Um, 
and not saying that when I was a child that my mom, <laughs> she wouldn't be, you know, yelling my name, trying to find me if I was in the neighborhood, but it wasn't, it's, a, it's different. It's really, it, it, it's really, I can't even explain it. If you are listening to this and you work in television, you probably understand what I'm talking about. Um, so, or if you are working in television and you don't understand what I'm talking about, oh, praise be that I'm going to be so happy that you are maybe in a new paradigm type workplace situation and you are free to be completely creative and are in a happy collaborative environment where people are working like a team. I'm going to be so happy for you, really happy for you because I want that because again, I love television. I love television and I want that for my friends that are in TV or in other industries. So I woke up to really being able to have a clear view of what was happening in the workplace, even though it was difficult. And I did have some healing afterwards and, but the realizations were just amazing. And I also clearly saw how important emotional and mental health tools are for personal and in the workplace. And during that show, I also was inspired to once again double down on going to work with different practitioners and different modalities. I started working again with my somatic therapist um, because I had a recognition of some trauma happening. I started a new type of energy healing modality and I recommitted myself once again to my meditation practice. And so I offer all of this, including the mantra affirmations to you, as something to experiment with. And remember, whatever modalities, whatever practices, whatever support that you need to help you navigate the very real times of darkness, of denseness, of depression, of anxiety, of grief, of sadness, of the whole range of human emotions, you just need to take care of yourself. Just see what works for you. And, and it's all okay. It is all okay. Whatever you need to help you in terms of whatever modalities, whatever practices, what supports you that is for the highest good, then amazing, amazing. Take care of yourself, my friends. Take care of yourself. Because even if you are an incredible family, maybe you have a supportive partner children that are supportive, um, parents that are supportive. Uh, at the end of the day, it's still, it's still about you taking care of you. You got to put the oxygen mask on first for you before you can put it on anyone else. And so I just want to let you know that you're not alone, that all of us have difficult times. And after 25 years or so of working in television, working with celebrities and a lot of talent, I can tell you, my friends, that there are many moments behind the scenes where people are upset, unhappy, and then the cameras turn on and the smile happens. And in that case, when I've seen this transition, part of it is that they've been working in television for so long in terms of the professionalism. I will say, though, if I've had a moment and I know I need to go sit in the interview seat to go interview someone, I use tools. It is about bringing yourself present, the mind and body in the same place. It's about becoming grounded. And then 
Once you are grounded and aligned, then you bring your energy into focus to get the job done. Every 90 seconds, we can have a new emotion. So you can use tools to support yourself to clear and reset and reground. I have coached so many people on how to be on camera, and it's about becoming present, grounded, and then bringing your energy up. When you're in a sporting event and you see cheerleaders uplifting the crowd's energies, woo, yeah, it is like that. You are your own cheerleader. Cheer, coach yourself. Once you bring your energy into focus, you then let your light shine through you. You make yourself a clear channel to allow the light to come through. So in the mindfulness, in mindfulness, there's a strategy of noticing of, in mindfulness, the strategy of noting the outside noise and then coming back to your breath as an anchor. When you practice that mindfulness, you learn how to expand your ability to become grounded, aligned, focused, and elevate. And when you do that, you can connect to your higher self and then your higher self is at a different level of consciousness and your true light can become embodied into your presence of your human for your highest good. So if I'm having a day where I don't want to get out of bed, I mean, it happened the other day. Instead of forcing myself to get out of bed, I check in with myself. That is number one. I ask myself how I am. How am I feeling? I spend time to see what is happening. And I now give myself an option to cancel because maybe what is for the highest good is for me to have a mental and emotional health day in bed. Maybe it's beneficial for me to spend my whole day in my pajamas. Maybe that's beneficial and I'm not going to have any judgment on it. So that's why I check in. If it's, if I'm just, if I'm just in a moment of like, like some resistance, I can discern the difference between resistance or it's beneficial for me to take a time out and have a pause. Sometimes the human just needs a pause and it's okay to take the pause because it's time to revitalize, to go within and in that stillness, you revitalize. It's just when that mental health day becomes weeks and weeks and weeks that we want to watch out for. So the other day when I didn't want to get up for meditation class, ultimately it really was beneficial for me to get up. And so once I discerned that it was beneficial for me to get up and that, so once I discerned that it was beneficial for me to get up, I used this imagery. So this imagery helps me. I see a forklift and I forklift myself out of bed. So I I see a forklift and I literally imagine a forklift lifting my human out of bed. Having a proverbial forklift, it helps me and it actually makes me laugh. And so I forklifted myself out of bed. You might hear me sometimes say that, like I forklifted myself out of bed. And it makes me laugh every time I say it and it brings me joy. And once I was forklifted out of bed, I was able to like, bounce out of bed. And so 
I then went and taught the meditation class. Before that, though, I did give myself permission that I could go back to bed if I wanted to once the meditation class was over. I gave myself that permission, like, Henry? So it is beneficial to forklift yourself out of bed. That being said, if after class you want to go back to bed, you can completely go back to bed if you want. But when meditation class was over, I was so happy and wide awake, and I felt so good. I mean, we meditated for an hour. Reiki was coming through for an hour. I just felt so grounded, so happy, so in joy, and so in peace that I didn't want to go back to bed. I ended up going outside and having an amazing nature walk with my dog for an hour. It was incredible. And I was so happy that I didn't go back to bed, yet I was also happy that I gave myself the option that if I wanted to, I could, and there was no judgment. It's all about self-loving, 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 self-loving. So see what works for you. So in terms of life moving forward, I may have another day like that or not. I really focus on the present and I keep using tools daily to support myself. So no matter what, I can support myself in whatever comes along. And then I can support myself in shifting. If I need to shift from a low vibrational frequency to a high, then I can do that with tools. So here is one other thing that I've actually discovered around my own depression is that when I get into a state of a lot of anxiety or feeling really dark and depressed, it is often triggered by the fact that I'm exhausted, I'm wiped out and burnt out. So when you address the overwhelm and that burnout, you quickly, you, you discover quite surprisingly and very quickly that you're able to then shift and clear the anxiety and depression and that's lifted. And with this, if I do note that there's overwhelm and burnout, it's a sign that I need a timeout. I need a pause. I need to take a break from the regular schedule activities and give myself permission to go sit in nature for some hours or um, many of you know I like Hallmark movies. I need to go give myself permission to go watch two Hallmark movies and be in my pajamas while I'm doing it. And I find that I'm able to rejuvenate because I've given myself space to be. So I also use energy healing tools as one of my main tools because I, fi- I do find it the fastest to clear dense energies and to support me in shifting. That being said, this is where you just need to check in to see what works for you. I also wanted to share what some of my clients have recently said. One of my clients, Tara, has said, The difference between today and a month ago is life-changing. And she said this recently about a dousing energy healing session that she had. So the difference between today and a month ago is life-changing. My um, sadness, my depression, feeling stuck, completely gone. I was really stuck and, and I had this inaction. It's completely gone. And I'm no longer in decision fatigue. And I've completely let that go. And I'm now able to effortlessly be choiceless in terms of my decisions 
And now I have the tools in place to move through even the bad days and allow my dreams to manifest with ease and grace effortlessly. So that is what Tara has said recently. She sent it to me and and she said that I could share. Another client, Megan, has said, dusting energy healing may have saved my life. Things were pretty dire in how low I was feeling. I've read self-help books and felt inspired to do better, yet dousing in it, yet that one dousing energy healing session actually cleared those thick energies to let me feel better. And I actually feel really excited about my life again. And my partner has said, you just seem so incredibly revitalized. And so that's really inspiring to hear. And I know for me, dousing energy healing really has been transformative. So going back to the question that Rob asked, Rob, I want to thank you so much for that question. And I also want to remind you and all of us that we human beings are designed to experience the full range of human emotions and not just the ones that we deem happy or bright or positive. Our emotions can give us information and wisdom. There can be beneficial aspects to each of them. It is when we're getting stuck in one position. So I just want to reiterate that our emotions can give us information and wisdom. There can be a beneficial aspect to each of them. It's when we're getting stuck in one position. And so if you find that you are doing a story looping, you're lapping, you're doing the story lap again and again, same story, same story, same story, and then you're also looping, story looping and then looping in terms of Maybe in terms of some emotions where you're getting caught in, and um, in some fear, or maybe there's some judgment, or some grasping, or multiple energies. That's when you may need a clearing to clear the dense energies to reset, reground. So know though, there are a lot of different modalities to support you. It's about having the tools to support ourselves, and and so. Never feel bad for being in those dark times. You're not alone, my friends. Always reach out for support that you need. And I hope in my talking about the tools that I use and ask how I ask for support in terms of from a higher power really does support you for your highest good. Now, I would love to hear from you. If you're someone who's ever had to navigate depression or a difficult time or anxiety and you had to show up professionally or in terms of for a family event. I'm curious at what are the tools that have worked for you. Now, let's be clear here. In terms of tools, not all tools, not all approaches is going to work for every person. And the reason I want people to share is because oftentimes one person's practice or a book or recommendation can really spark a change for someone else. So this is a no judgment zone. We all know that there is a diverse need of ideas and, and methods and tools that can support us all in thriving in our full humanity. As always, I always encourage all of you to try different modalities, share the modalities that you're doing. And also, I would love to hear from you. So 
you can go on to my Instagram or Facebook at inspiringyou.co and you can leave a comment. I would love to hear. You can message me. And that is it for now, my friends. So thank you so much for joining me. Please feel free to reach out. Much love, light, and Reiki blessings, everyone. Until next time, um, please uh, stay in your game, my friends. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. And just keep allowing yourself to call in your incredible abundant beautiful dreams because the world really does need that very special gift that only you have you add so much to this world my friends so much more than you even understand your light is needed my friends your light is needed so thank you so much for being here much love light and reiki blessings everyone